0: Join me back on the show is UFC heavyweight prospect Juan Adams. What's going on, Juan? You're only about like a week out. How you feeling?
1: Man, I feel great. Uh, weight's way lower than normal. Well, it's actually like only a couple, two or three pounds less than normal. But uh, my spirits are a lot higher than usual at this point. So that's good. Got a lot more energy. I'm happy, man. Looking forward to this one.
0: Before we get into this fight that you have coming up, I wanted to talk about uh, UFC 239, you know, Jorge Masvidal, you know, set the record for the fastest knockout. Uh, But there's some controversy that comes with that. You know, after he knocked out Ben Askren, he went in there and threw two more punches before the ref stopped the fight. You know, what did you think about the uproar, you know, that people had on social media and made it into a controversy?
1: Honestly, man... uh I'm I'm on Jorge's side on that one dude like if you don't like that that's the nature of the sport and it's one of those things where you have to recognize you talk that level of shit um, that's one of the repercussions like that's always a possibility you know um, I said the same thing whether I'm a fan of the guy or not like when you cross those types of lines um, you're kind of asking for that kind of treatment um, you know with uh, McGregor Conor McGregor uh Chael Sonnen, guys like that, that constantly want to push and pester. You got to understand that you know this sport attracts a different, uh, a certain type of a fan to it, and also attracts a certain type of participant. You know, and if you're willing to go in there and, and fight a dude half naked in front of over a million people, or not not caring who's watching, that that that's a certain type of dude, and you know, some um, you cross those types of people. There's there's going to be consequences, and so you know the the people that aren't fans of that or that, that don't like that. Um, you don't have to consume it, honestly. Um, and you know it's on us to kind of we're trying to make the sport more mainstream. You know, Dana White. That's that's kind of the vision for the UFC right now to make the sport more mainstream. So. Yeah, the trash talking it it attracts more fans, uh, more people to watch in general. But you know, it's some of the stuff afterwards. It's gonna offend some people. You know, the more people that are viewing something, the the higher probability that you're gonna say or do something that offends someone. You're never gonna please everyone all the time. So, you know it. it is completely right in what he said, but then the people that are offended, they're also like, that's their right to be offended, you know? But the thing is, you're watching it. So you don't want to see it. You don't have to watch it. Um, but ultimately, I think everyone kind of overvalues their own opinion a little bit too much. Like when someone tells me that they're offended by something that I say or do, if it's something that I do that's unwilling or, or unwittingly offending them, I'm just like, all right, well, that wasn't my intention. Sorry, but in Masvidal's case, like, that was 100% in his like He wanted to hurt that guy. And, uh, you know, I see it from both sides of view, but I'm on Masvidal's side with
0: that one. You know, with the fans that uh, that attract, you know, the, the the type of fan is attracted to the sport that we all love, you, uh, you must get some of the wildest shit, you know, on social media, like the wildest, like, hate messages towards you. Um, what is the craziest thing you have received
1: you know um most of it is is really oh man i've gotten all kind of crazy stuff like i've gotten messages from you know the lgbtq community every letter on this everyone on the spectrum all spectrums of sexuality gender whatever have approached me on social media and that wasn't like, that's not even so much crazy. It was just like kind of shocking to me because you don't ever expect that. You know, when you, it's not on your radar at all until somebody just like hits you in the face with it. And like, Whoa, hey, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Stop that. But uh, a lot of the stuff, um, like from Hardy's fans or, or, you know, fans of people that I'm fighting, or they'll get on there. And most of them are just dumb. Like it. it all of Well, it's easy with Hardy's fans because they're all really dumb. Like, they, they're they either, like, they have clear mental disabilities or it's, like, high school kids that can't get laid and are angry with women, so they support Greg hitting them. Um, you know, people like that. Uh, it's a lot of clowns um, on his part. And they, they're really dumb. Like, they're not smart at all. So, for me, it's always shocking that he even has fans. But... So that's a, that's the craziest thing from that aspect. But the other thing that, that I think is crazy is that people that don't do this for a living or have no background in martial arts or, you know, have never fought in their lives really want to get on there and, like, tell me how to do my job, you know? It's, and it's so weird. And I always break it down to people like this, like, so... Say um, these are people from all walks of life, so let's just say it's an an architect, for instance, or something like that, or someone that's a a builder or a a financial planner, someone with a day job like that tries to come and, and tell me how to fight because, you know, they wrestled in high school or they've been watching fights for a long time. That's like the equivalent of me saying oh, well, I play with Legos and I think that applies to your job. So let me go tell you how to build this building. Or that's like, oh, I took an economics class in high school. Let me go tell you how to expand people's portfolios, you know. It, it, it's stuff like that. You don't understand that with, there's a fine line between taking an interest in, some, in something, see, doing it as a hobby recreationally, being, you know, somewhat competitive in it and then being a professional at it. And even in terms of being a professional, you know, there are certain people that I'm not going to critique. Like me, I will never critique John Jones. You know, I will never critique a UFC Hall of Famer because they're at a level that I aspire to be, right? So it's stuff like that. And uh, it's just, that's always been crazy to me, the logic of some people or how inflated their opinion can be or their knowledge of the sport. And the other thing too is like, you know, there's people that want to take stances and, you know, die on these hills of of stances or facts or opinions that can be quantitatively proven wrong. That's that's what's crazy to me. Like, people will say stupid stuff or have these wild takes on my fights or whatever. And then statistically, like the numbers just don't support that claim at all. And that's what blows my mind. So that's
0: been the craziest thing. Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, after your last fight, you experienced your first blemish on your MMA record. Probably people are coming at you with all different angles, critiquing you. You know, and I thought that that fight was a prime example of what is wrong with MMA judging. Because if you look at the numbers, you know, if you look at the numbers, you know, facts you didn't lose that fight. You know what I mean? Like if you look at the strikes land, a significant strikes at 72 to 46, that's, that's clearly, you know, you won the fight. You know, do, do you see it now that when you look back at that fight, like, you know, that's not a loss. You don't really take it as a loss.
1: Well, for me, you know, I knew going into that fight that I was going to have to finish that guy or beat him in such a convincing manner because it, that's what when You fight someone's home country. And, Ultimately, you know, if I had stopped one of those takedowns, that's a split decision at worst, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the first time he took me down, I got up pretty – and I got up. I took the fight right back to him. I continued to land on the feet. I've seen plenty of fights where the striking advantage wasn't that significant, and the guy still won a split decision. So ultimately it falls in in the judges. But, you know – It's not one of those things where it was so convincing a win for me that I can go around screaming, I got robbed. Dude, like, I've rewatched that fight dozens of times. Do I feel that I won it? Yeah, I do. You know, um, but there's also a lot of people that, that say, well, it's mixed martial arts and, you know, you didn't win all areas of that fight. I'm like, well, neither did he. Like, if he won the grappling advantage and I won the striking advantage, then it goes into what do you value more? And Yeah, he took me down two times and I didn't take him down at all. But I feel like if you hit somebody over a hundred times and they don't even hit you a hundred, like you should win that area. But you also have to look at damage done, you know, his face was pretty messed up after that fight. Mine wasn't. Um, but you never know what the judges are looking for. We as fighters don't know what the judges are looking for. So it's our job to go in there and perform and Ultimately, that wasn't my best performance. That was probably the my worst performance. Like, and you know, I'm that's including some of my amateur fights, you know. But you know, it's a learning experience for me. I, I was pretty crushed by it. it. It made me change my lifestyle completely after that fight. You know, normally I get up to about two ninety five or, or, or three hundred five after a fight. I hit two eighty eight this time and was right back in the gym the next week. You know, I was training. I've been hovering between 280 and 285 all camp. I'm, I'm 278 right now. Um, so it's just little things like that. Um, you know, I went and I, I, it, got, it got me back into wrestling. You know, I've actually trained here. I brought back one of my wrestling coaches that I used to get me to the level of wrestling I was at. been working with him again. Um, you know, we're cleaning up my striking. We're working more on cardio, cleaning up the nutrition. And really making it more of a lifestyle. So, ultimately, you know, yeah, it sucks that I lost. It sucks that I did. But the fact that most people think that I won that fight softens it a little bit. And the fact that I've improved so much since then also, you know, it's kind of a blessing that that happens.
0: So, it's safe to say that this, that last fight, is a pivotal moment in your career. Some A moment that you can look back later on, you know, in the future and say, hey, that fight changed me to become the champ
1: exactly you know it it really changed me um and it made me kind of view this more as a profession you know once i got to the ufc man this this became so much more of a job for me and i I wasn't really enjoying the sport so much anymore you know it's training sucked everything got harder all my coaches were like you you made it here now you have to work harder so everyone's demanding so much more from you. you. You only have so much energy, right? You only have so many hours in a day. Your body can only do so much naturally. You know, I don't, I rarely take any supplements, you know, even protein. Um, I don't like taking just because of the risk of taking supplements. So it's hard doing it all naturally. Your body can only take so much. Yeah, your body adapts, you get stronger and, and all that, but It comes to a breaking point and it hits that that really dull, boring spot where it's just not fun anymore. And uh, now you know I'm enjoying the training again. You know, uh, enjoying the throw. It doesn't feel like just a job to me. So I'm hoping I can maintain that and continue it. And I I hope I don't reach that point again.
0: Definitely won't. Now your next fight, you know, you have the man that you've been uh, wanting to face for a while. Do you think that the UFC had this fight planned the whole time, no matter the result or the outcome of your last fight?
1: Um, You know, I really don't know. Uh, From what I gather, uh, this fight only came to fruition because his people in his camp asked for it. They probably only asked for it because I've been antagonizing this man online for a while. But regardless of how it came came about, whatever their motives are, you know, I, I try not to look too much into that. I'm just grateful, you know, that I got the fight, that I got a hey, fight. I would have been happy for any fight, but um, the fact that they gave me a fight so quickly and against somebody that I, that's a, a really easy matchup for me uh, feel, feels great, you know. And um, one of my biggest complaints uh, since I signed with them is you know, not having fights, you know. Uh, I signed... July 31st, so August, I'd say August of 2018, and uh, I wanted to fight. You know, I had to wait five months to get you a know, fight. My my UFC debut was December 15th of 2018, and then uh, my next fight was five months later. Uh, or was it May 4th of 2019? So to go from two five month layoffs to a two and a half month layoff was huge for me and so I was just I was just happy to have another fight so quick
0: you've been open you know with your dislike with Hardy have you ever actually gotten a response from him directly or from anybody from any of his friends or his family uh
1: no his baby mama messages me one of his, one of the mothers of his children messages me um but you know one of somebody one of the cowards tweeted something at me uh um, and, you know, a lot of his fans message me or whatever. One of his coaches tries to talk shit on, on Facebook. I get screenshots of that. But he don't really respond to a whole lot of it. And uh, it's probably better for him. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a lot smarter than he is and, and wittier. So
0: if he tries to
1: engage me on that platform, it wouldn't end love for him.
0: When you look back at Greg Hardy's first few fights in the UFC, how could you describe the style he brings? What kind of style does he bring to the octagon?
1: He's just a bully, you know. Um, you know, it, it's it's part of his personality. He is a front runner. Uh he's looking to land that right hand, that's it. He wants to swarm you. He wants to hit you fast, hard and, and get you out of there. There's nothing wrong with that style. He's like a, a very much less polished Derrick Lewis, you know. Uh, much less skilled version of Derrick Lewis. And also, you know, the guys he's fighting have all been afraid of him. Uh, Other than Alan Crowder, I think that's the only guy that really took a fight to him at all. And, you know, people can say whatever they want about Hardy's power, but he couldn't knock out Alan Crowder in however much time. And then Crowder's next fight, he got knocked out in 10 seconds. So that's just to tell you something. It's a little bit indicative right there. Most of his fights haven't really been clean knockouts um, since going pro. It's been, you know, a lot of swarming. So he uh, he likes to swarm his opponents. Um, they kind of back up. They they're afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. You know, none of my fights have you ever seen me really back up like that. Uh, you know, no matter how many times I get hit, I I keep pressing forward. Um, against De La against Teed, against Mueller. Uh,
0: Everyone, you know, even
1: uh, in my first few fights, where I was going against guys much more skilled on the feet than me, Um, I won those fights because it was relentless pressure, relentless movement forward, and that's that's how I take this fight, you know, I'm going to take it to him. Uh, I'm obviously not going to walk right into a right hand, that's just poor skill, but, um, you know, every time he hits me, he's going to get hit
0: back. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that you've made some tweaks, some adjustments to your training and, you know, your preparations. I also noticed that you've been working with a hypnotist, you know, as part of that. Why bring in someone with the mental aspect of the game?
1: You know, um, I've suffered a, a, a lot of uh, – I deal with a, a lot of anxiety uh, in my day-to-day life. Um, it's been something I've dealt with most of my life. Um you know uh anxiety and and so i kind of wanted to get to the bottom of it you know um i do deal with a little i used to deal with a lot of performance anxiety and i would uh kind of get in my own head about a lot of this stuff um you know to the point where like i already have issues sleeping like it's very hard for me to sleep more than six hours um but during fight camps, you know there's so many nights where I'm only getting three, two or three hours of sleep because I'm having anxiety attacks and stuff. So working with a hypnotist, like I, this entire camp, I haven't had a single one, you know, uh, so the mental aspect and just kind of rebuilding, um, rebuilding that confidence, trying to get that swagger back that I had when, when I was coming up through it. Cause you know, um, you know, I used to be like ready to fight at the drop of a hat, you know, I'd fight anyone anytime. And now, uh, for my last fight, well my last two fights like, I just wasn't really there mentally, you know, I was I was there physically but going through the fight i was just like, I, I just wanna get this over with. I, I don't wanna be here. Whereas before I was I was truly enjoying it. You know, the fight was ignored for a long camp. Whereas after that it was just like the end of a long camp it wasn't something to celebrate so uh, i wanted to get to the bottom of that um and work on that and so working with the hypnotist i mean a lot of people say hypnotist. i don't like to call it because it's a lot it's really more therapeutic than anything you know it's just resolving a lot of those things that were causing anxiety and a lot of those um just mental gaps and mental holes and, and outlook issues. So a lot of it was the way I was looking at things. So all of that working with Dominique, um, the hypnotist and uh Mind Guided Life is what he what he got online. really that just that paradigm shift helped a lot.
0: Were you a believer? i know I know that you've had a few sessions. Were you a believer after the first session it like instantly affected you?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, um after the first session I I noticed that a lot of the stuff that I was getting myself worked up over, I just wasn't getting that worked up anymore. And uh, that was, that was awesome. You know, a lot of the, you know, you can feel a lot of physical manifestations of anxiety and I just wasn't having that. I was a lot calmer, um, you know, and for me, like, I my anxiety is so bad like it's or it was so bad that there were injuries that I had from college that would like flare up if I got too stressed out and that hasn't happened so after the first session I was I was all on board
0: with it. Well, we're gonna get to see a new transformed Juan Adams on July twentieth, UFC on ESPN four, San Antonio, Texas. Have you fought in San Antonio? Cause you know it's not that far. What is it like a hour flight?
1: Uh yeah, it's like you now we're actually driving up there. It's so, uh it's like a three hour drive, um, if that, but it's really like two and a half hours. Um the way we drive is it's like two hours. <laughs> but uh uh it's a pretty quick drive. Um and uh I have never fought there before. I I actually don't visit San Antonio. I've I've only been there once for fights and it was to watch some fights. Uh someone gave me free tickets. Um I'm actually not a huge fan of, of San Antonio. Uh, it's because, I, I I mean, I live in Houston. It's like the coolest city in America. So mm-hmm. I don't, I never really traveled a whole lot in Texas because I got everything I want here. Um, you know, so, but, you know, San Antonio is definitely one of those. If there's four cities you visit when you come to Texas, it, it's Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin. And, uh. So, it, it'll be cool to fight there, go experience it a little bit. We'll be there all week. So, maybe the town will grow on me a little bit. And I'll, uh, I'll start to enjoy it a lot more. But uh, I'm, I'm a Houston guy, so I, I've always loved Houston. Never really seen a reason to go anywhere else. All
0: right, well, well you know, I appreciate the time and uh, good luck on your fight and good luck on the rest of your bright future that you have, man.
1: Thanks, man. No problem. Have a good
0: one.